great testimonies and some great teaching from the Word of God. So it's always good to have you, Matt. And um, you. let's just pray um, for you. Father, we want to thank you uh, for, for people like Matt, who are very special, who have been gifted uh, with uh, a real sense of knowing you and knowing how to communicate your word. And, uh, yeah, we just want to thank you for the experience that he's gaining through uh, visiting and speaking in various, various churches across the country. And uh, we pray that tonight, to this morning, uh, we would hear directly from heaven, that the words that Matt speaks would be your words, and that they would penetrate our hard hearts and uh, sink deep down and take root. And uh, Lord, we, we know that can only happen through the power of your Holy Spirit. So we, we pray that Matt would be filled afresh today as he speaks your word to us. In mm. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I don't know, Mike. Yeah. Good morning. It is so good to be here. Um, do I need a microphone or yes or no? What would you prefer this morning? Microphone? Yeah, okay. I'll do the microphone. Awesome. So I was back here, I think it was five months ago, was it? I think something like that. And I introduced to you um, a little bit about the organization which I work for named All We Can. Uh, so what I'm going to do is give you a little bit of a... a uh, an update about who all we can are if you missed it last time and kind of also uh, make you aware that it's only 33 sleeps now to Christmas. Uh, you're welcome. 33 sleeps to Christmas. I know the excitement in our house is palpable at the moment. Um, the Christmas tree is not yet up but it will be soon. Um, and so I hope you're hoping, you know, you're maybe feeling a little bit ready. You probably don't feel ready at all by judging by the looks in your faces. But nevertheless, hopefully by the end of today, you might be a little bit more prepared. Who knows? But uh, all we can, uh, for those of you who don't know, are an international Christian development charity. Um, it's been going, going now for over 81 years. It was kind of founded in the Methodist Church, but has been sort of reaching out beyond it as well now. And this year, as an organization, uh, we were awarded or nominated uh, one of the top three charities in the way in which we do our development work um, in the National Charity Awards 2019. So that gives you a little bit of an idea of kind of the quality in which we, and the passion in which we seek to go and um, deliver development work around the world. Now, uh, if you go to the next slide, I've got a clicker, but it's going through it. Sorry. Now, I'm going to read you this quote from Martin Luther King. It's also going to play out on the speaker. I'm going to um, read that quote again to you. I won't be able to give it justice quite like Martin Luther King um, did just then, but it was something that he said actually not too long before he passed away. 
and I'm going to read it again. It's a fantastic quote. A true revolution of values will soon cause us to question the fairness and justice of many of our past and present policies. It's kind of an interesting point in itself, isn't it? On the one hand, we are called to play the Good Samaritan on life's roadside, but that will only be an initial act. One day we must come to see that the whole Jericho Road must be transformed, so that men and women will not be constantly beaten and robbed as they make their journey on life's highway. True compassion is more than flinging a coin to a beggar. It comes to see that an edifice which produces beggars needs restructuring. These words, I think, are incredibly powerful for Martin Luther King. And actually, that's kind of been almost the story of this whole year for me, sharing about what All We Can seeks to do, is that actually our role as the Christian community, Christian body of the church, is not just simply throwing a coin to a beggar. But actually, how do we look at the whole structure of our society and seek to transform it for, in Christ's name? It's not saying that throwing that coin isn't a bad thing. That's not what it's saying. But actually, if we are to be truly compassionate, we need to actually look beyond that. And that's what All We Can hopefully seeks to do as an organisation as well. It seeks to actually look beyond just the short-term needs, but helps bring about long-term transformation and development. And that kind of brings us onto how we do that. Now, as I said, 33 days to Christmas, and I said last time I was here, I was going to introduce you to and give you some warning about our extraordinary gift calendar. Now, each one of you hopefully has one of those on your chair. It's something that I introduced actually last year to the church as well. And so in it has so many different ideas of Christmas gifts that help transform lives around the world. And we're going to watch a short little video introducing it to you now. Watch it again now. Christmas even more extraordinary this year 
So I want to share this one story in regards to extraordinary gifts because today I've got a little pop-up shop after the service that you can come and buy a couple of these different gifts. Uh, I'm going to name what gifts they are um, at the end of my talk today. But I want to share this lady's story, Lemlet, because as um, last time I came in March to you to speak, I was just literally hot off the heels off a flight from Ethiopia. And um, the story which really resonates with me is this lady's story, Lemlek. The reason why is because she lives in very rural Ethiopia, a place called Maturi Mariam. Ethiopia as a country, it's beautiful. I can see why so many hikers love going there. It's stunning. The coffee is also amazing, by the way. And Lemlek's story stuck out to me because actually uh, our partner in that local area that began, we began to work with back in 2016 um, got alongside the community leader and said, who is it that needs to receive the support in the initial. And they chose Lemlek because she was a widower, two children, didn't have her own home, was working in like her friends' houses to sort of earn some money for some food. So for her, life was incredibly, incredibly difficult and that's kind of putting it mildly. And so they identified her as one of the first people to benefit from uh, having free sheep. Now that's where the story begins here in the UK because someone at Christmas time, before Christmas, went to this extraordinary gift catalogue chose out the gift, which was sheep at the time, bought it, would have given a card to a loved one or a neighbour or a friend or maybe just someone they have to buy a gift for, they feel. <laughs> they gave it to them and that person, no doubt, opened it for, oh, great, not another Nivea gift set or Lynx gift set. <laughs> put the card up, maybe, I'm kind of generalising now, maybe put the card up, maybe looked at it once or twice, maybe thought, well, that's a really nice little thing to get and receive. Maybe afterwards, I don't know what you do with your cards. Maybe they put it in the bin. Maybe they recycled it. Maybe they stored it away for safekeeping so that in 20 years' time, they go, why enough have I kept this card? But that's where Lemlek's story began to change because actually she received free sheep. And then in the community, between her and nine other families who also received free sheep, there was a ram. I don't need to give you the details as to why a ram was given, but you can work it out for yourself. So whatever lambs that were, give, what were produced in that year, she was able to keep. And then she would give back the original free sheep so someone else could benefit. So in that year, and subsequent from that, when I met her in February of this year, she shared with me how not only she just completed the completion of her very own, simple, basic, but waterproof, that's important, home, but also was sending her kids to school with food in their bellies because actually she now has 12 chickens and six sheep. And you begin to see how actually that gift that was given back in 2016 at Christmas time actually has helped fulfill her potential. What seemed ordinary to that person, no doubt, actually made an extraordinary difference in her life. And so that's my encouragement to you because that's what I... When I came back from Ethiopia, that was kind of part of my... I spent like half a day in, my, in the office trying to track a little bit of the gifts. And actually, that's where I was able to make that track and say, actually, it was someone in 2016 giving that gift at Christmas time that meant that in the March time, she received those sheep and therefore, subsequently, three years on, the difference it's made. That's not to say that her life's been easy, that it's life's, you know, with two children, I know life is not easy all the time. <laughs> But, nevertheless, actually, as an organisation, our main slogan is we want to see every person's potential fulfilled. Now, to me, when I met her, 
I began to see that actually over the last three years, you could see how that potential was beginning to be fulfilled in her life. And I felt so encouraged. I want to encourage you today um, to have a look at these booklets. If you would like to purchase um, a gift for a loved one or someone in the church or whoever it might be, uh, you can do um, cash or by card. You can come and talk to me at the end. Um, the, four, the five gifts that I have are precious water, plentiful plates, chirpy chicks, pedal power and tools for success. Just come and chat with me uh, to remind you of those ones at the end. Or you can do the order yourself as well. Um, there's a little order form at the back. You can post that as well. So I'll leave that up to you. Um, as you think about how you plan this Christmas. But let's pray for the gifts and for as we prepare ourselves for Advent very, very soon. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we marvel at how you work in amazing ways by taking something that it seems to us that would have been at that time in 2016, roughly 15 to 16 pounds, and took that, you know, maybe to that person, small amount, but actually has helped transform the life and a community and a family in Ethiopia. And so, Father, we just pray that as we prepare ourselves for Christmas again, in all the challenges and all the joys that it will bring, Lord, might we seek to not just throw a coin to a beggar, but actually, as Martin Luther King says, actually see how we can transform communities and the whole Jericho Road. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Well, I want to just speak this morning um, from uh, on the theme of extraordinary, actually. And I want to turn to Acts chapter 8, if you, want, if you want to meet me there. Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 26, if you've got your Bibles, if, or I'm going to read it to you if you would just rather have that. Um, just some context behind Acts chapter 8, of course, is that there's been a mass persecution um, of, the, of the church, and so um, God's people, the disciples, God's people have been scattered as a result of that persecution, and we pick up in verse 26 of chapter 8 and Acts chapter 8. And it says this. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out on his way. He met an Ethiopian, a eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Kandak, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit up with him. This passage of scripture, uh, the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they travelled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is the water. What, what can stand in the way of me being baptised? And he gave orders to stop the chariot, and then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptised him. 
When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. The eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Astos and travelled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. This is an amazing piece of scripture. There's so much in it that uh, I kind of want to unpack today, but I don't want to take up all of your Sunday so that you actually have some sort of rest. But nevertheless, I want to speak about how God can take something ordinary and make it extraordinary. Taking the ordinary to the extraordinary. Because actually, when you look at what happens in this passage, it's, it's quite amazing because actually instantly begin to see that actually God takes what is ordinary, a dream, but instantly makes it extraordinary by inserting angels into it. I mean, imagine that next dream that you have and you get visited by angels. That'd make it quite extraordinary, wouldn't it? I'm sure you definitely would remember that dream, at least for more than a couple of minutes. So he inserts angels to deliver a message to Philip in such a way and tells him to go to Jerusalem. And actually, the challenge for him at that moment in time is not actually, he's not going to be going somewhere that's lovely. It's quite easy, isn't it, when someone says, oh, you know, go down to, imagine the place where you most want to relax, the beach or by a waterside or by, you know, a nice mountaintop. You would probably be more than happy to go, wouldn't you? you go, oh, yeah, Lord, I'll go there. No worries, yeah. But actually, if the Lord said to you, actually, go somewhere, it's going to be unpleasant. Go somewhere where you're going to be challenged. I can imagine from Jerusalem to Gaza, you're going to be thinking to yourself, I'm not sure. And maybe there's going to be some hesitations. But God takes the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. Takes the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. Because actually, for me, I really firmly believe, it's actually something that I mentioned in a talk, and I found it on my old desktop. Uh, the other day, uh, back in 2016 when I was preaching here, uh, and this is kind of a theme that I wanted to pick back up again, because it's a message which I think is incredibly relevant for us still here today, how God takes the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. Because I firmly believe that each one of us today has a divine purpose a divine purpose. That's not just any sort of purpose. That is a, when I say divine, that means it's coming from God. It's God-breathed. It's God-given. And that's why I want to encourage each one of you today with. In Proverbs 20, chapter 5, no, Proverbs 20, verse 5, the purpose of a person's heart are deep waters, but the one who has insight draws them out. My prayer for today has been that you would draw out what has God has given to you today. Because what we see in this passage, and the first things I kind of want to note about it, how God takes the ordinary to extraordinary, is that actually one of the first things Philip had to do was simply, after the dream, to wake up. To wake up. Now, I have a show of hands. Who wakes up and gets out of bed on the first alarm? You heavenly people, you heaven. Okay, who is who is who is the second second alarm? Who snoozes at least once? Dave, who who snoozes three times? Okay, four times. I'm getting about four. Of, Amy's looking at me like you're at least four or five, Matt. Um, 
Unless the dog wakes up or a child wakes me up. I'm at least, I'm at least a four or five time snoozer, I would definitely have to admit. But actually, for God to take the ordinary to the extraordinary, Philip actually had to wake up to his situation. He had to wake up to the reality of what God had called him to do. How many of us, I wonder, in the busyness of life, and actually Christmas is kind of the antithesis of this. It's kind of the prime example, isn't it, of busyness. We get so caught up in Christmas, don't we? And that's not to say Christmas is bad, but so often we can get caught up in all of the stuff that Christmas has to offer. And actually, we sometimes fail to just slow down just for a moment's time and recognize what God is doing in our midst. You see, I don't want us to simply sleepwalk through what God has got for us in our life. Because you know you are maximizing your moments when you run to the stuff that you previously run away from. It strikes me that Philip probably would have wanted to run away from this journey that he would have had to take from Jerusalem to Gaza. But actually, when we trust in God's plan, and trust in God's divine plan for our lives, we can begin to run to the things that we probably would have run away from before in our lives. And it strikes me as well that I'm sure each one of us has maybe those things in our life that we maybe feel uncomfortable about and we kind of run from and avoid. Maybe it's a certain relationship. Maybe it's a certain conversation. I know for most millennials, it's mostly a phone conversation because they don't like calling people back. (laughs) But actually, what is it that we often in our lives run away from? But actually, God might want us to run to in this next season so that actually he can use us in divine and amazing ways. So he can take what seems ordinary and make it extraordinary. The second thing that I want to note from the story in which we've just listened to, and also want to pick up some writings of the Apostle Paul, that actually each one of us has to, as God takes the ordinary and makes it extraordinary, we have to trust the process. I think most of us do a very good job of gripping onto the past so we can't grip onto the future. We grip onto what has been. The church culture, I think, not open doors, I'm talking church big now. One of the challenges is that it so often grips onto the things of the past, not always in a bad way, but sometimes hindering what might come forward, hindering the work of the Spirit, the work of what God is looking to do. What is it in our past that we have to, in 2020, as we come into the end of 2019, let go of so we can move forward in 2020? And I ask that for you as a church as well. What is it as a church that you have to lose grip of so that in 2020 God could birth something new and fresh and different. I don't know what that is. I don't claim to know the answers, but there's a challenge for us as a community, isn't it? Most of us grip onto the past so much so we can't grip onto the future. You see, Paul wrote in Timothy 1, chapter 4, verse 15, Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. See, our culture loves the finished product. It loves the finished final thing, doesn't it? And so actually, what we misunderstand all about this journey of being a Christian is that actually it's not about being the final product. It's actually about being just who God has called you to be. 
and actually that to trust in the process and just actually allow the progress we're making in our life, the small things, the little things. Actually, yeah, I got out of bed today. That, for some people, is a significant thing. And actually, allow God to work through your progress. And actually, listen less to the voices of our culture which demand perfection, demand that we must be the finished product. But listen more to what God is saying. Actually, I delight in you just getting out of bed, spending time with me, saying that kind word, doing that, whatever it might be, how God is delighting in the fact that you are making progress. You see, the greatest pain that we might have, the greatest pains in which we might hold on to in the past can either be, for many of us, either our prison or our platform. I'll say it again. The greatest pain that we might have or the greatest thing that we hold on to can either be our prison or our platform. And I'm not talking about standing up here in front of tens of people. When I say platform, I'm meaning rather actually that God, each one of us has a voice or has a body that can do actions which can show God's love. And the choice for us is that do we allow our greatest pain to be that prison, to stop us, to prevent us from showing God's love, to prevent us from actually running to the things that God has called us to go to. There is so much potential in this room. But actually it's our decision today. Do we allow God to work in us? So that actually that greatest pain can be the thing that we speak about and we share about. Your greatest pain can either be your prison or your platform. If I could share a very honest and open story. Um, when I came in December of 2016 to speak here, um, I hadn't planned to say this, um, I had in my heart, I didn't tell Dave this either, concluded that God had was done with me speaking. Um, and I concluded, and I, and I wrote in a journal, that actually, if that was the last talk I'd ever give ever in a church, that was it. Honestly, that's how, that's how I felt. You know, I thought, I would never, I wouldn't speak again. But actually, you know what? Your greatest pain can either be your prison or your platform. You can push through it and trust what God is doing in the process, or you can allow yourself, allow the enemy to actually get in and speak lies into your life and stop you from living a life of joy and joy to the fullest. The third thing, ordinary to extraordinary. You see, Philip had the gifts in him. Now, no doubt he would have been frightened and scared when actually speaking this e to this Ethiopian eunuch. But actually, the gifts were already in him. In Timothy, it speaks about how God puts in the gifts to us. See, the tragedy of life is not death, but rather what we let die whilst we are still alive. Let me repeat that. The tragedy of life is not death, but rather what we let die whilst we are still alive. There are dreams, there are hopes, there are ambitions that all of us have. And for some of us, we might have let them die because actually we think that we're not good enough and we can't do them. And actually, 
we fail to see that we serve and we worship an amazing, miraculous, awesome God that is capable of doing more than we can ever, ever imagine. And so my challenge to you is, do we believe that? Do we believe that that God is that majestic, awesome, powerful miracle maker that can take ordinary situations and make them extraordinary? Or do we simply believe that's not true? I are in the camp of believing that actually God is a miracle maker and God is in the business of taking ordinary things, making them extraordinary. I'm believing that for each one of us as well. I love this quote that follows on. The wealthiest place is the cemetery because there buried are the dreams that we never realized, the invention never created, the songs that were never composed, and the books never written. Powerful words. There are things for, for us as we begin to reflect on 2019 and look forward to 2020 that I think we need to pick up again. Maybe you started learning the guitar years ago and actually think, you know what, I'm going to pick that back up again. Whatever it might be, I want to challenge you today that God is in the business of taking what you think is just simply ordinary and making it extraordinary. Not for your sake, but for his sake, so that lives will be transformed, communities changed. So that's my encouragement to you today. Might we look to what potentially might seem ordinary and believe in what God's going to do in this next season of our lives and as a community here to make it extraordinary as we look forward to reflecting on who Jesus is, the miracle maker, the king, the Lord of all, the saviour of the world. And I pray that as we journey, as you journey, that actually you'll begin to see how God can take the ordinary and make it extraordinary. But first, we have to wake up. Second, we have to trust the process, trust what we are going through. And thirdly, we have to simply lost where I was, be able to use the gifts and the skills that God has given to us. You see, in that story, the reason why I chose it as well is because actually the Ethiopian eunuch is a renowned story in Ethiopia. You can't really go too many places without hearing the Ethiopian eunuch story. And actually, it's so powerful because it, that story lives on in that country as known as one of the first evangelists in Ethiopia and actually and they claim to have some of the oldest churches because of it as well. And it's amazing how one conversation, one baptism can make a difference. And that's also a challenge as well. So maybe some of you haven't yet making that full pledge to be baptized. I would invite you how God can take what maybe seems ordinary in being dunked in water and actually make it a miraculous act. He makes it extraordinary. Believe you me, as someone who's been baptized. So go and talk to, come and talk to Dave or one of the leaders at the church. If that's something that you actually maybe you feel, actually, you know what? The time's right. I want to consider baptism. I want to do it. So let's pray as we conclude today. Heavenly Father, you are an amazing God. And you can 
turn situations around, you can turn lives around, and you can use voices which have always seemed voiceless. And God, in here, in this space, there are those of us that just feel we maybe go through the motions of our Christian walk and our life in general. But Lord, might you show us how you're actually turning those ordinary things or what seems ordinary and make it extraordinary. Lord, would you do a work in us today that would transform our lives, transforms this, this, this community and transforms Peterborough and the surrounding areas, Lord. Lord, we pray your spirit come amongst us now. Move in power. Show us how we need to be attuned to what you are doing in our lives. Let us not look at what we don't have, but look at what you have given to us already, the situations we find ourselves in, how we might use them and leverage them for your sake, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your grace poured out to us anew and afresh that gives us forgiveness for our sins, forgiveness of the things, of the mistakes we have made this week, an assurance of hope for the future and that divine purpose that you have given to each and every single one of us today. So in Jesus' name, we commit to you, the miracle maker, the one who makes the way for us. In Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen. Great. Thanks, Matt. That's a great word. So remember those three points that he's given us. Number one. Wake up. Two. Trust the process. Three. Use your gifts and skills.